0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is Digging Deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk. TNT Radio.
1: Uh, welcome back to uh, TNT Radio. Yes, this is a Sunday edition of Digging Deeper with me, uh, DD Denslow. Uh, and what have we got coming up on today's show for the next two hours? Uh, first up, he'll be joining me uh, in just a few moments. I've got a political commentator, uh, activist, and artist. He's been done some uh, genuinely uh, good work with regards to COVID mandates, uh, the vaccine program. By, uh, someone who I can now consider a friend because he's been on the show a few times at uh, francis o'neill and then coming up in just over an hour at 1 p.m i have the fat emperor himself Ivor cummins who is a technical manager team leader biochemical engineer please do not ask me any kind of questions about chemistry. I even considered rearranging uh, all my books in the back just to make sure that that didn't happen. Uh, he's also a problem solving specialist, technologist and speaker of some note, uh, who did a recent talk in Southampton called governing uh, the planet uh, governing in a planetary emergency. So Ivor Cummins will be joining me uh, at uh, one o'clock. Uh, to everybody in the live chat, I've got the live chat here open in front of me, I will try to uh, refer to any of your comments or your questions. So please uh, keep coming them uh, p- keep them coming in I will try to check lots more going on now on TNT because we are live on video so you can check us out on Rombo on YouTube uh, on Twitter live uh, I think we're on FB Odyssey there and maybe getter uh, there's probably a whole load of video platforms on which you can come and watch me and the other TNT hosts uh, live here on TNT radio uh, a couple of quick stories before I go to Francis uh, first up, uh, there was um, uh, a vote today in the UN Security Council uh, to, to, to decide on whether there should be a ceasefire in Israel because we need to go to a UN Security Council to say, should we stop the uh, stop the Israelis from indiscriminately bombing en masse uh, the, the, the innocent public population there? Uh, they're put to the vote. Everyone said, yes, stop the bombing, except for... Great Britain, they abstained. Yeah, so they had no, no, no conviction there. Either way, stop the bombing, keep the bombing, they just abstained. And of course, uh, the US um, uh, vetoed that they have a permanent veto in the UN Security Council. And you have to ask the question, what's the point of the UN Security Council, if you have uh, one permanent member like the USA, who will veto pretty much anything that involves not sending weapons somewhere because uh, as it stands the last time that i looked 10,000 tons of weapons uh, ammunition shells rockets etc have been sent to israel so far by the usa yeah so And it's not just that, you know, that's going to kill a lot of people and that the USA and Great Britain and anyone else who is sending weapons over to Israel uh, have blood on their hands. But while we've got the COP28 uh, climate change summit ongoing you would be concerned that you yeah, know that's a massive carbon footprint and actually the usa military has a carbon footprint equivalent to about uh, a half to two-thirds of all the countries in the world uh, so that's why it's not included in the world's carbon footprint you know the the, the commercial or domestic carbon footprint uh, or co2 output of the world minus what the USA or the US military delivers. So um, that's going on. Uh, plenty of protests still ongoing with Palestine and in other news. And maybe my next guest might have a comment on this uh, before we get to uh, uh, the, that Boris Johnson character. And that's Alex Jones. Guess who's returned to Twitter today? I can remember everyone going. Elon Musk isn't for free speech if he doesn't return Alex Jones. Elon Musk isn't for free speech if he doesn't uh, uh, allow David Icke on the platform. Uh, he put a poll out, Elon Musk, and 70% of roughly 2 million respondents voted to lift the ban. I went and checked uh, the old Twitter verse this morning, and lo and behold, who is back? Alex Jones, along with his 700,000-odd followers. It's all theatre, some say. Maybe my next guest will will align with that type of thinking. Ah, oh, he's CIA, he was on Tucker Carlson. C- he's shaking his head at me now, Francis. Is. Uh, and maybe he is or maybe somebody who nailed every predict uh, and every conspiracy decades before that they ever got to uh, our doorsteps has been allowed back on to Twitter and maybe he will be there to to reveal some more of the uh, uh things that we should be looking forward to uh, that's going to be delivered to us by our masters either way he's back on Twitter uh, and i personally think at least for the optics of it all that has to be a good thing. Okay, I'm about to go to my guest, Francis. Uh, if you have uh, any guests that you would like me to talk about, any suggestions, you can check. You can go to the gest- suggestion form on TNT Radio Live website. Please go and take part in the conversation in the live chat. There's plenty of merch on the TNT Radio Live website for you to buy. It's winter, so uh, go and get yourself uh, some hoodies uh, and a TNT mug, so you can have some nice hot cocoa just before you go to bed in the freezing climate. Climate change that we're experiencing here in the UK. Uh, there is a suggestion form as I just mentioned and you can contact me at darren at tntradio.live uh, uh, if you've got any queries or questions that you want to ask me direct and I always try to answer but whatever you do please help us make a difference here on TNT Radio. Okay Francis uh, welcome to the show. Uh, how are you doing my friend? Good to I'm see well you. thanks Darren how are you? Oh, oh, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I, I was just saying before we uh, before we went live for the first time in quite a while. Super anxious anxious about today's show. Uh, and I think it's because I know for certain, no disrespect to you, but I know for certain that Ivor Commons is coming on and he's probably a lot smarter than me than my specialist subject. And I think that's what's causing uh, the anxiety. Uh, but fortunately, me and you aren't going to be talking about uh, chemistry which is good. It's a relief. Uh, but we are going to be talking about um, uh, COVID, uh, Boris Johnson, uh, plummeting birth rates. There are some statistics coming out on that. Predictive programming and a particular favourite of mine, SOMA. Let's see if we can squeeze that all in in an hour. But, but before we do, Alex Jones. Good guy, bad guy, you don't know. What, what do you think? He's um, back on to uh,
2: I, with all these questions it's always impossible to know for sure so um I, I obviously in a public forum like if you you don't want to make extreme pronouncements and say someone is controlled op- uh, opposition or not but my sense is that he probably is um but that's just an opinion it's, it's based on what i've seen over the years and um i like you say he does say a lot of things that are absolutely true and, and, and he's you know when he's quizzed on things he, he it, they um tend to he, he's able to back up a lot of what he says but then the best disinformation is always like 95 percent, 99 percent true because otherwise you wouldn't pay any attention to it whatsoever so we it may be that his role is more to discredit conspiracy theories by his manner by the, the the way he presents it so that when people question it i just like alex jones and when he appears on mainstream media which is another tell really because there are lots of um very qualified, eminent, rational, considered people who never get anywhere near the mainstream media, whether it's about COVID or 9-11 or any of the kind of things we might ask questions about. But the occasionally Alex Jones will get his slot on there and then he'll shout and rave like a like a like you know, in a way that isn't the best representation that you would want for people querying the government and the state narratives.
1: But I could push back on that because I could say the, the media go, look, he rants, he raves, he's screaming about things that are true. But what we'll do is we'll just give him his five minutes of fame every now and then on the mainstream media so he can do his performance. And he's telling the truth and he's being genuine, but he comes across as a bit of a crazy, just like people thought with David Icke and they used the whole reptilian stuff of him. And so they just give him his five minutes of air and they go, right, was he crazy enough? Yeah, he was crazy enough. Good, well done, Alex. And actually he was being genuine. So they could just be taking advantage of the fact that he behaves in a certain way and therefore comes across as maybe extreme or unhinged or angry and crazy. That that could also be true, couldn't it?
2: In which case it would be unwitting, but it's very difficult then to, to pin that down and you have to and, and he's then not helpful at, at best in, in that context when he's put in front of a bigger audience
1: yeah I think I personally think that he's just not unhelpful uh, not helpful to himself in the way that he behaves and they take advantage of it but a person who doesn't need to be unhelpful or helpful because he has everything served uh, on a silver platter uh, and this is Boris Johnson Uh, I went and had a look at the BBC website today uh, and I just typed in Boris Johnson and I couldn't believe how many stories of Boris Johnson in the COVID inquiry there were. There were about 12 published on Boris Johnson COVID inquiry in the last few weeks. In fact, I've got a few of the headlines here. Just let me go by. Uh, Boris Johnson receives booze as he exits COVID inquiry. Boris Johnson gets choked up when he gives evidence. Uh, heckling and choking up Boris Johnson grilled at COVID inquiry. Uh, Boris Johnson says he has no ill will towards Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, that's a bit of a weird one. Uh, everyone's got a bit of, at least a little bit of ill will towards Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, oh, I did not back a let it rip policy, says Boris Johnson, even though he said, let it rip. And that would have been the best policy that we could have possibly had for the pandemic. But I picked up on this one story, COVID inquiry, five takeaways from Boris Johnson's evidence. And I'll ju- I'm not going to read the story. A disciplined performance. Uh, uh, pr- uh, there was protests and interruptions. Uh, he made some concessions. Uh, he uh, His view on normal politics and the other one was Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, What do you think about the COVID inquiry, how it's progressing Uh, and uh, what do you think about Boris Johnson uh, and any of the evidence that he gave or lack of evidence?
2: Well, if we could just start with your last question there, I think the the BBC have nailed it there by calling it a disciplined performance. I think all of what we're seeing in relation to the COVID inquiry and any investigation into it is... um, is a theatrical performance it's part of an ongoing theater that that has been going on from March 2020 and before and that we are not going to get the truth this the COVID inquiry is its main function is to provide a veneer of scrutiny for the actions that occurred from March 2020 onwards um but really what it is doing is draining the public purse of of however many thousand pounds a day is it's a ridiculous amount they're gonna spend millions on it and it's gonna run and run. And it, it basically gonna make people tired of the subjects and bored of the subjects in such a way, and then very little will be done. I mean, even in that article that you I read that article as well before coming on here, and um they, they mentioned that one of the reasons for the for so for supposed failures of the government in in, in March twenty twenty from March twenty twenty on was was that there was misogyny and sexism within the government that weren't paying attention to the women so that it's, it's just a way of feeding more of the the propaganda to the public now i i think i also saw that boris johnson was tearful um yeah. when he was presenting his evidence now i think this is absolutely ludicrous and i think this is i want to put this in a context okay so in in march 2020 we had three of the most prominent people uh, political people males in this country in the uk um, fall ill with COVID in a matter of days of the lockdown being announced, which reinforced the propaganda. So they were all supposedly fell ill. They tested positive for coronavirus. And uh, eventually Boris Johnson was put into St. Thomas Hospital in London. And he made comments about the NHS saving his life in April when he came out and being close to death and so on. And they made, or they, his actual comment was that the, the doctors had made preparations to announce his death. Now, an investigative journalist, uh, I think it's Marcus Ball, he, he or Marcus Hall, he he went in and uh, um, he because it, this has been put in the public domain, he went and questioned St Thomas Hospital and said, were preparations made to announce Boris Johnson's death? And that was not true. Now, at the time, I had my suspicions about all those three uh, people becoming ill, and and it seems that they're borne out by the fact that two years later, in April 2022, when Boris Johnson was asked after he'd been approached by this investigative journalist saying that the St. Thomas Hospital said that you weren't on the death door, you know, it, it doesn't appear to be true. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, my, my coronavirus was very, very mild. Well, that's very, very different having a very mild cold to having been on death door and the doctor's been about to announce your death. And and yet no, peop- the public hasn't really picked up on this. And also in that context, you have to remember this guy who told us he was on, he was was his death was going to be announced was then um flagrantly not observing the rules and his staff weren't and 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 the people around him weren't and we, and the public also knows that, that that they ignored the rules they put in place for the public so those two things show to me that from the very beginning this guy knew exactly what was up and knew exactly that none of this was true there was nothing to be scared of and the whole um lockdown uh me- all of the lockdown measures were completely unnecessary and, and even if they didn't already have problems with um, you know, enforcing uh, medical measures without informed consent on on healthy people throughout the country and the world. So it, the whole thing is a farce. So when he talks about, oh, I'm sad and I'm crying, like, the, those are crocodile tears like we saw from Man, ha- yeah. ha- Matt Hancock on television, yeah. from, as far as yeah. I'm concerned.
1: A hundred percent. And you're right, the, the whole COVID inquiry is an absolute shroud. I suspect the vast majority of the public are barely or vaguely aware that it's even happening even though it's going to cost about half a billion of taxpayers money uh, it doesn't even get its own tab on the BBC website that's how important the COVID inquiry is it's trumped by climate change multiple wards uh, uh, the cost of living crisis which they never put any new articles under that tab at the moment very quickly then before we go to the break on Boris Johnson uh, I saw a story it's something that I've been been, uh, uh, discussing for last or mentioning on Twitter the last Week or so, Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson as the dream ticket. for the Conservatives uh, in the next general election. Uh, Boris Johnson, could he come back to make a political comeback? I don't know if he'd be able to do it, but Nigel Farage being uh, 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 re by the Conservative Party and put up like a Javier Millet or a Gert Wilders or uh, a Maloney from Italy or whoever the other replacements are for all these le- very far leftist uh, governments that we've got in the West. Do you think that that could happen? Could we wake up in 12 months' time and find ourselves a bit ruled over and led by Nigel Farage?
2: Well, I, it could happen. I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, it's not something that I'd thought of happening, but if, if you look at the way, say, for example, Boris Johnson was uh, primed to the public, they used to have him appearing on television programmes in this country, like, have I got news for you? And they have him as London mayor and, and he's very much, he was very much in the public eye uh, a lot of the time. He was a, a guy who very much failed upwards in the sense that every time he, some kind of indiscretion, whether it was about, the, you know, the paternity of a child or if it was about um, some, some scandal that something he'd said or written, he got sacked from various newspapers and always seems to get an equally well-paid or better paid yeah. job in another prestigious newspaper. He was a guy who, who um, which, which might seem when you talk about Boris Johnson, people sort of take that for granted, but if it was you or I who, who uh, blotted our copybook in the mainstream media? We'd probably never work again. And yet, this guy always seems to go from job to job to job. And 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 he said some outrageous things uh, and did some outrageous things and had real problems. But nothing seemed to stick with him in the media. And also, he was you know they, they, they tapped his phone, um, and or, or sorry, he didn't tap his phone. They he he was caught you know trying. To, so, so, there was somebody asking him to wanted to know what the whereabouts of someone so they could beat them up and he seemed to facilitate it in some way things like this and and it never seemed to stick with him so uh, nigel farage is being put in front of the public a lot at the moment i wondered whether right now. you know with the jungle sort of things are, are, and are ways of giving people a financial payout for services rendered um you know and you could say that that's just for the service of being in the jungle um yeah. but my, my little you know suspicious mind goes off when i see these people going in there getting paid extortionate amounts of money for a few weeks in the jungle and it's like what have they done to to deserve that money so it could be that or it could also be that he's been put in front of the public because he's got a role to play in future but i'm sure there's lots of options open i'm sure they don't just have one guy and they pin up like a like a, um a racehorse and they, they put all the bets on that i think they have more than one option and, and they just see which one the public is more willing to take it in give, give a given moment?
1: Uh, I'm willing to put money on if, if uh, the Conservatives put Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage up as their dream ticket for the 2024 general election they'll probably see off Starmer and I think Nigel Farage is in the jungle right now uh, because he is being groomed either as a running mate so to speak You don't really have running mates in UK politics but so to speak or as potentially a future PM Uh, and I think he will win and that's why he's got the 1.5 million for his new bank uh, account manager in the jungle right now and all he's got to do is eat a few insects. Uh, insect pizzas, uh, and he's, he's away. All right. We're going to a break right now. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about pregnancy something that you mentioned that you wanted to talk about and there are some stats coming in now uh, on plummeting uh, child rates so please stay right here with us on tnt radio
3: tnt radio's kate Shimarani. don't stop taking prescription medication always go and see your indoctrinated gp always but with psychiatric drugs you have to actually wean off them they're very addictive and you have to wean off them now i find all this really concerning but what i cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all they just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And and I, if I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very, really can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them. Don't get all excited. But I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying, and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like, and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age.
0: Kate Shimerani on TNT Radio. The light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading
2: hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk
0: We don't rock, Rock. we talk. talk. Today's News Talk, TNT
1: Radio and uh, welcome back to uh, TNT Radio. You're here on Digging Deeper on a nice, wet and windy Sunday here uh, in sunny Plymouth. Um, uh, big shout out to everybody in the live chat. I see you've got Heather in there, Blodders, uh, Mali. Big shout out to Mali. Mali, I haven't forgotten about my big planned walk. It's still gonna happen next year. Uh, I've had a bad back, so walking has sort of been quite distant from my mind, but uh, the back is getting better. Uh, but I did hear Kate Shanarani talking about sugar. Uh, sugar is probably the most addictive substance out there. It's in everything. We are all dependent on sugar. I've got a friend down from London uh, and I went and bought some new tops. I bought a new top uh, for the show today. and I put it on and said, how do I look? And she went, pregnant. Uh, and I actually had a first proper look at myself from the side in the mirror because I always look at myself front on. I don't see the belly. Man, I'm a skinny fat person. Uh, so when Ivor Cummins comes on uh, in about 30 odd minutes, he's a bit of a nutrition expert. I might have to ask him a question, how can I get rid of this sugar belly? Because it's sugar that's doing it. And that will be one of my new year's re- uh, resolutions. Uh, so keep your comments coming in. I can see you here on, on the live chat, but I'm gonna go straight to uh, Francis now. Um, I've got some stats. They were published by um, uh, Mortality Watch, a guy called Ben. Yeah, but he does a lot of good uh, uh, data uh, and analysis on some of the impacts of, you know, uh, from the lockdowns, from the vaccines, what's happened with excess death rates and now with birth rates since we've had uh, the COVID era. And I've got some stats here from Switzerland in 2023, the birth rates in Switzerland have dropped 15% 2022 was about 8%. Uh, prior to that, they had a positive birth rate. And actually, when you go in and start digging into the stats of birth rates in the USA, birth rates in the UK, across Europe, across the vaccinated West, in fact, anywhere where there has been vaccines, there has been a plummeting, uh, or you could even describe it as a collapse in birth rates. Uh What's going on, Francis? Uh, are you keeping your eye on this?
2: Well, I was listening to Ed Dowd speak about this recently, and he's the BlackRock uh, statistician guy who's t- taken a particular interest in the effects of the vaccinations. And in the end, he's saying that the way he presents his statistics now is not to even mention the vaccinations, but he talks about like the, the increase in um, heart problems and cancers he's, he's looking at at the moment and just presenting the data and just saying, but this is like a black swan event. It's like it's like getting hit by lightning every month for several months on the run. Um he's saying it's, it's that kind of extreme now the, his take on the, the 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 fertility is to preach caution in the sense that um the fertility uh, rates can go up and up or down in 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 short term increments mm-hmm. but, but what you have to be careful, it's only if it's prolonged that you, you start to get the sense of a bigger picture. So at the moment, there's obviously a signal. And, and it's one that likes of us might jump on because we've got this fear that that this uh, these injections are part of a depopulation plan. Um, but it's hard to pin anything down on that. And I think that the people who might take issue with our stance or our point of view would would leap on that but what i was interested in is the way that um i, I read something i've seen a couple of these um advertisement in this country from the national health service where they're specifically targeting the uh the, the winter flu and covid 19 vaccines and they say that they will and they use a pregnant woman and it's usually usually a pregnant woman who's black or of an ethnic minority in this country so you know asian or muslim and and um this one says getting the winter flu and COVID-19 vaccine- vaccines will mean you are less likely to catch it and pass it on to your baby and there was another one which said something along the lines of um you know it intimated that COVID-19 was something that would affect premature babies but this would be prevented by the uh the COVID-19 vaccine but I think both of those uh taglines for those adverts are almost double speak because you know it, it may prevent your baby catching something but it may also be made the reason for that maybe that it prevents your baby being born and i think when you read it in those it, with that that double layer with that potential double layer and i don't think they i think often they put these things out there with a sort of you know, they don't quite lie to you like for example uh, um when when we start when this thing started in march 2020 they said things like we're all in this together well of course if everybody goes a certain way then we all have to comply with vaccine passports and mandates and they, they said things like um look they had these posters which said look him in the eyes and and tell him it's not real or or tell him it wasn't worth it and okay. and it's almost it's not telling you that, that you have to do anything but it's putting the onus on you to be brave and stand up, the individual to stand up to the mass. So if it says to me, t- look him in the eyes and tell him it wasn't worth it, I would probably do that because I don't think it was worth it. But mm-hmm. it, it, it it makes you think a certain way without actually um, elucidating it clearly. So in a way, it avoids any kind of legal issues. It avoids any kind of culpability, but it still puts them a certain message if it's read a certain way. But you can also read it the other way. And just say it's inviting you to be brave and stand up to them. And if you can't, and, and it's encouraging cowardice in a way because of the way that the actual adverts presented.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's actually been a lot of those adverts, which have this is just in the recent in the last month, say that have been very much focused on pregnant women. I've got one in front of me right now get vaccinated during weeks 32 and 36 of your pregnancy to help protect your baby against RSV. Uh, and actually, when you think about it, there was massive sort. Sw- of a, a massive element of the COVID vaccine narrative was primarily focused on pregnant women. Um, do you think that the, that was deliberate? One, obviously, they wouldn't have put the adverts out. Uh, and uh, oh, by the way, this advert's got a white woman in it. I just thought I'd add that okay. for diverse for for, the, for diversity and inclusion purposes. Uh, uh, do you think that there has been a specific focus on pregnant women? And would you consider that an attack on the fertility, uh, on pregnancy uh, and on babies?
2: Well, there certainly was an encouragement uh, uh, from the media and from medical personalities that they put in front of the TV screens, um, TV cameras that, that to get for pregnant women to get vaccinated with COVID-19 vaccination from 2020, 2021 onwards. That that definitely happened. And at that time, there was no long term safety data. So that's questionable because they can't give you informed consent. So straight away, they're violating all kinds of ethical terms there and and from that point from that point you have to be suspicious now if we think back to who the prime minister was at that time it's a man called boris johnson who we just mentioned who has written about and talked about um depopulation and how this is the major issue of our time and that uh, politicians have to be brave enough to and yet and his father was also an employee of rockefeller and had written about the, uh, the virus the marburg virus he'd written about depopulation and population issues um, 40 years earlier All right from and onwards like in the past 40 years he's been writing about these and speaking about these things and saying that he wants to get rid of people and yet both Stanley Johnson Boris's dad and Boris were then very keen to get people vaccinated ostensibly to save lives when they're both um proponents of depopulation that to me poses questions I think it should ring alarm bells in lots of people's heads so when I see this push which is clear uh, to to and, and also we have to remember as well now that there is information uh, that has come out in the mainstream media so it's not just me speculating or anything like that it's been documented that these things cause myocarditis they cause pericarditis they cause um there's a suggestion that they caused uh turbo cancers or, um but the mainstream media has documented all kinds of things that they cause death that they're not, they're not safe and effective that there's a problem with that they do might affect DNA these are not speculations anymore these are like mm-hmm. sci- the scientific papers on these and there's people have been reported in the mainstream media and they are still urging pregnant women to get them yeah I think you've got to Ask questions. Now, obviously, it's quite clear what I think. But even if you even if you're in a sort of neutral position, you're thinking, well, these things have been shown to be dangerous, it's reported to be dangerous. Why are we still forcing them or or encouraging uh, pregnant women to take them?
1: Yeah, it makes no sense. And that's one group of people. Pregnant women is one group of, or, or child, uh, women of childbearing age is one group of, uh, uh, uh people that you would never, they were always traditionally, oh, you're not allowed to eat prawns. Be careful with seafoods. Yeah. Or blue that cheese. Could be bad for the baby. Or blue cheese. Yeah. But don't mm-hmm. have that. Don't have blue cheese. Don't have prawns, but have uh, an experimental gene therapy, which we are going to bombard you with propaganda in order to get you to take. Uh, just some stats, just to sort of, uh, uh, uh to, to back up some of the things that we're saying about switzerland uh, uh they have had uh, quite a high excess death rate uh, it, it matches up with the same period in which they've had plummet in birth rates uh they had 17 million doses of mrna vaccines administered and it was primarily mrna vaccines that were delivered in switzerland because guess which vaccine they banned az never ever got past Uh, They said the information wasn't complete enough in terms of safety uh, and and trial data. And so the AZ vaccine, the AstraZeneca vaccine, never got delivered into arms into Switzerland. About 70% of their population has been vaccinated. But the the stats that we're seeing now, you're saying, oh, it it could go up and down. We need longer periods of data to to form an opinion for it to be analysed in any sort of meaningful way. These stats... are um, uh, are what we are seeing across the vaccinated West. It's not just in Switzerland. And there is a chronological uh, uh, correlation there because uh, the death rates, the excess death rates and the plummet in birth rates happened from 21 onwards after the vaccine has been delivered. Uh, Final comments on... Uh, uh, birth rates and death rates. I do a lot of it on here on TNT. Mm-hmm. Does, sort of, sometimes I think I bang on about it too much, but then everyone's dying and no one's having babies, so it's quite important. Uh, f- final comments, mate.
2: Well, just just to say that um, I I follow the statistics you just mentioned there, and and it was Ed Dowd's w- w- words who was preaching caution, and and that it's it's not me. I'm not a statistician, yeah, yeah. so I, I can see what you're seeing, obviously, and so I'll be in agreement there. Um, I think also that I think that people can wave it away and often do wave it away and say things like it's to do with lockdown measures and and miss cancer screenings but that argument is doesn't stand up when you see that there has been a massive increase in excess deaths in the working age population because they would not be expected to be cancer screened young people uh, would not mm-hmm. be expected to either get the screenings or, or to be falling in with cancer so i think there is a massive problem and and as as a, a doubt pointed out you don't even have to uh suggest that it's the injections you just Put the data out there and say, "Why is this happening? And why does nobody doing anything about it? This is this yeah. is outlandish. There's a massive signal. Like it's as, as I say, it's like yeah. being hit by lightning several times. Yeah. And yeah. and the, the the key, the thing that actually is most incriminating is the fact that nobody is is looking into it, or, or there isn't enough of a uh, focus on it.
1: Yeah, it gets mentioned every now. And, oh, look, there's all these people are dying and nobody knows why. And then we'll move on to the latest of the Ukraine Russia war or what's going on in the Middle East or, you know, what's going on in, in politics. And no one's actually digging in. Uh, in an establishment or in an official way uh into these statistics and they don't seem to be going away and if they continue as they are then the public are going to begin to start noticing where are all the people going where are my friends and family going why are they why is no one where are all the children uh and i think of children of men and i also think of utopia i don't know if you've watched utopia no Oh, yeah. I was just oh, going to say so it's, it's also
2: th- these these things are also um, evident in the disabilities which are going up both in the United States and in the UK and again that's hitting working age populations.
1: Oh well, well, we can we can uh, talk about that because I actually have got those stats in front of me. Funnily enough, uh, uh, Francis, uh, and actually, if you have a look at the USA uh, disability, sixteen years of or over in the civilian labour force, so people of working age who are in the workforce, uh, and that has gone from about uh, six thousand people per, no, no, so it's gone from six million people all the way up to nearly 9 million people so in the last three years three million additional people in the u.s workforce are now uh, saying that they are disabled they probably need some help in the workplace or they've been taken out of the workforce because they're too sick uh, to work and uh, we've seen again similar statistics here in the uk and across the vaccinated west and probably elsewhere in the world where they've had mrna vaccines um right you haven't seen utopia
2: francis no tell me about it really Oh, uh, you yeah. need
1: to go. Uh, you need to go onto Amazon. Yeah, there, there's two versions of it. There's a UK version and there's yeah. an American version. Uh, the American version was released in 2020. The storyline is some group of people. In the American version, it's a pharmaceutical type company. Uh, they're all like a, in a cult. They have massive power and they've got a plan to depopulate the planet with a vaccine that causes uh, infertility in later generations. There is an English version, the original version in 2013 that that come out. You just need to watch it and have your mind absolutely blown. And if you wonder how um, uh, politicians are controlled Go and watch Utopia 2013 and you see people get their laptop moment. Here's a laptop. Now you're going to do as I say, Uh, just Mm -hmm. as Jennifer Arcuri told me happened here uh, on my show. All right, we're changing the, the topic. I'm going to mention two names to you. You mentioned them to me. We've already done Ike. We've already done Alex Jones. Jordan Peterson. And that lady Dodsworth, uh, who wrote, who wrote a book about fear. Um, they're both very, very supportive of the Israeli conflict. Uh, they don't seem to have much compassion for the innocent people that are dying uh, by the hundreds even thousands on a daily basis especially now that uh, Israel are bombing uh, the southern of southern Gaza where they got everyone to evacuate and I think there's about 1.9 million people now in southern Gaza but you mentioned their names uh, so I'm going to I'm going to chuck it over to you for uh, for comment there Francis yeah Don't so, us. What,
2: <laughs> so once again right I'm just I'm just a, a layman watching what's going on and so what I see in 2020 Twenty is that you know we locked down, and before the lockdowns have even ended, a lady's written a book called *The State of Fear*, in which she has access to government insiders, and and it's a well, it's it's you know it documents the, uh, the 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 lockdowns and as it affected the British public, and and she, she's asking questions of people in, from Sage and from government ministers and so on, and has access to these people. Prior to that, um, she'd written books um where she was like a photographer writer where she'd taken pictures of people's um vaginas and breasts and things. And uh and um and then um suddenly she has access to these people, they gave her time during the lockdowns, and she published she'd written and published books. So she'd gotten on to what was happening, she'd written a book, had it published, and it came out in the spring of 2021. Yeah. And and then from there she 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 got like a, a um a sort of media status where she's now appears on talk on other stations I was going to say I should probably advertise them on and she she's she also got columns on the newspapers and so on so like she's she's got some kind of professional reward for that so I was thinking that's quite interesting that's quite an, an unusual trajectory so I look up who she is in the background and a bit like Isabella Oakshot, you can't find yeah. anything about her family online like where she's come from or I couldn't I mean maybe I didn't look very hard but um so these things are just I just weigh them up now we progress and and she's become this media figure and and we come to the point where um the israel palestine october the 7th incident occurs and she's one of these media figures who who were anti-lockdown who are now virulently pro-israel and seem to like you say have no um make no consideration for for the for the Palestinian side of the the equation which which as though it's happened as all this uh, uh, terrorist attack has happened in isolation like an, as, mm-hmm. there's no yeah. historical nuance to it or the background or or even there are certain people who, who seem to think that maybe the government of the UK and the US and and any government Saudi government Chinese government are all uh open to criticism and and, and open to, but the Israeli government seems to be above all criticism and, and 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 beyond question and and, and so I, I I'm just looking at that career profile or that profile and it poses questions I don't know the lady she might be perfectly legitimate and there, may, there are other people no doubt who hold similar views and have gone through you know and would, on all those issues lockdown and Israel Palestine but it seems to me that regardless of uh Laura Dodsworth that individual if you look at it in generally there are figures in the media who who were anti-lockdown but only believed it was incompetence and wouldn't consider the other side of view Mm -hmm. who have now gone into a position where they're totally pro-israel and totally um advocating israel's bombardment of gaza or or, or actions against Gaza in in whatever way and will not consider the other side of view which seems to me to be establishment positions and they also seem to serve to split what we might consider to be the freedom movement yeah and it's it's you know, it's, it's it's something to watch, is what I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jordan Peterson was another name that was mentioned. Uh, and I find his position, uh, considering some of his previous rhetoric prior to COVID, he didn't say anything during COVID, did he? He was very, very quiet during COVID. He come back after it was safe to do so. And that, I think that was quite obvious in his case. Um and I, I don't understand how he can be so vehemently supportive of Israel actions. I've not paid attention to to Dodsworth. There is a, there's a few other characters as well. Uh Rennie uh Hohenberg, I can't, remember, I can't remember what her surname is, a doctor. Yeah. She's also been vehemently pro-Israel and its actions. And you're right, they may they're either confused deluded or maybe they are there to help create the division and what was becoming together quite a large mass all pointed in the same direction in terms of the freedom movement all right we're going to a break now francis uh, and then when we come back another other thing that you mentioned because it is a brave new world uh, we will be talking about soma uh, and are we uh, sort of existing in a highly super medicated society so please stay right here with us on tnt radio
4: with his expert analysis and opinion.
1: This is TNT Radio's Timothy
0: Shea.
4: It's a truism that bears repeating, that everything the left says is either a lie or is based on a lie. Take, for example, the whopper that we need to eliminate beef cattle in order to save the planet from global warming. Even the University of California, Davis, knows how ridiculous this is. A report they recently issued says that laboratory-grown beef poses a 25 times greater threat to the environment than traditionally raised cattle. How can it be that we need to replace the pasture with the Petri dish in light of this? Because facts don't matter to the left. They never let facts get in the way of pushing their agenda. And what is that agenda? It's control. As the godfather of globalism, Henry Kissinger said, who controls the food controls the people. That's what getting people to eat bugs is all about. That's what getting people to eat frankenmeat's all about. Control, not the environment. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio.
0: When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there. Taking action to rescue the animals we love to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing, and the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales, and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. We're
1: digging deeper with Dede Denslow
0: on today's News Talk Radio
1: TNT. And uh, welcome back to uh, TNT Radio. Big shout out to everybody in the live chat, to Lisa, to Jones from Wales, uh, to Little Carol, Holly, Holly, Nigel. Good to see you in there. Uh, and there is a comment here from Nev K, and it matches up to our, our, our conversation that we had while the adverts was on. Jordan Peterson is a 100% paid establishment Goon. So, whatever you're about to say now, Francis, I'm sure uh, the the audience that are listening are going to agree with. Uh, you said you wanted a few more words on on Jordan. Yeah, Peterson. I'm I'm trying to
2: I'm trying to be a little bit more measured and polite, but essentially, um, Jordan Peterson, um, like I said before, the best disinformation is going to be 95, 99% true. So, a lot of what he said is going to be quite useful, like you know, stand up straight, take responsibility for yourself, all this kind of thing. But he, I've I've watched him for a while, and I think a lot of what he said is fundamentally un, uh, undermined because he has these rules for life, and one of them um, is that y- y- until your own house is in order, you like tidy your room and so on. Until your house is in order, you got yourself in order. You're not fit to criticize the rest of the world. Well, what does that actually do? That means that everyone's tidy in the room because you're in a you're in a system which is designed to keep you in a you know on the hamster wheel. So you're always trying to sort your life out you would never have a chance to watch what the oligarchs are doing or why the lockdowns might you never have a chance to criticize that because you, you you're always trying to tidy your own room right so that's a, a slight but also he says you're not until you're in that position where you've actually sorted yourself out you can't advise anybody else you can't criticize the world well this is a man who lives his life on benzodiazepines so it's like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's 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 dispensing advice and he he's not he he's living on antidepressants so it's he hasn't sorted himself out and that's what the, re, the ostensible reason why he disappeared during lockdown only to return and tell people to get the damn vaccine and not think about it but everything everything else he talks about is like personal responsibility and thinking about stuff and considering the the, the consequences of your actions and then he says get the damn vaccine and, and we'll, f- we'll figure it out later and it's also and it was also the overturning the rights of the individual and so on and then the latest thing he's done is when the 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 october the seventh incident occurs he says give them hell netanyahu so that he's encouraging essentially conflict and war and violence which again seems to go against all this christian ethos that he was he's bringing back the bible and and actually even with the bible there's some people who think that in the context of what's been happening recently that, that we need to pay more attention to what's in it and he's making it out to be all allegorical rather than in any way and I think all these things together make me ask questions so that's as quickly as I can do it for you no no,
1: no that's, that's fine did he actually say get the down vaccine did,
2: did yeah I actually went and looked some... it up because I also went yeah. looking for Douglas Murray and uh, you know this idea that yeah. Douglas Murray said um uh oh, what was his strange. one it's not in his wheelhouse to talk about uh, lockdowns I, I didn't find the exact quote for Douglas Murray saying it's not in his wheelhouse but I did find him speaking to Joe Rogan where he effectively says that but 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 um Joe, um peterson actually says get the damn vaccine and we' basically we'll think about and he says the words to the, to the effect of we'll we'll work it out later you know um, yeah that's that was that, that, is
1: a, that, a, that was a line given to me by a guy called and i will mention his name uh dr uh, john mahoney here in plymouth he is a counselor i was running against him in 2021 i was running against the vaccines uh and he uh bumped into each other outside of a care home that i was delivering uh my leaflets too and he he was a doctor medical gp and he said we'll worry about the side effects in five years time uh so that's about two or three years away uh, and there'll probably be less people less babies and more people dying and then I, maybe i'll collar him and uh, say and i ask that gp who's a counselor in plymouth what he thinks about the vaccines then you mentioned ben- uh, benzos yeah peterson was on. he was drugged up when he was super addictive it can happen to anybody i am Uh, I've been an addict most of my life for one way or the other. One of the things now, the only thing I'm really now hooked on, uh, apart from coffee and sugar, uh, is uh, antidepressants, which I've been Desperately getting my dose right down. Uh, but it seems that most people, not most people, uh, according to the statistics I've got uh here, uh, there are nine million identified people in the UK who are walking around heart you know, on hypnotics, antipsychotics, uh benzos, uh ADHD medication, um, uh, and uh, antidepressants. Uh Is this sort of um, the real-world version of SOMA? And does this help create a far more compliant uh, nation?
2: Well, this is a question. I wrote an article on on my Substack about this, about why people might wake up to what's going on or to to be more critical of the government and, and questioning the lockdowns and the vaccinations and so on and all the things that are going on. And one of the factors that I weighed up was whether or not our intuition is sort of being broken. And we know that obviously these might, these drugs have sort of some kind of psychotropic effect, don't they? Because that's what, yeah, that's what yeah. they're intended for. And we also know that they have side effects. And and so I think that the, we have to consider this as a possibility. I'm not able to reach a conclusion. I haven't done the controlled studies. I don't know. But, but I think if you think that people are being um, numbed in some way to life, yeah. then that might affect their their responses to other things, to other input of information, to sensory information that they might otherwise pick up on. And I think that's something we have to consider because not only is it antidepressants, but we're putting people, we're putting children on uh, Ritalin for, for for being, you know, hyperactive, essentially, or for not being um, well adjusted to sitting still for however many hours a day in school um there's, there's people on all kinds of medication for all kinds of things so it's not just antidepressants. and all these medications will have some effects and there is a school of thought that all um allopathic all pharmaceutical medicine is in in, in some way toxic and it's just in it, it's just how your body can deal with it now and if you think about this in a different way in a more in a layman's way so if you have if you're consistently tired or if you're consistently in pain or if you're consistently maybe on a bad diet you'd affect that to, you'd expect that over time to have an impact on your well-being and on your judgment like so if so you've got a bad back you mentioned before if you've yeah. got a bad back then it could make you irritable right and that could be make you less willing to see other people's point of view because you're in pain yourself it, because it, it makes you more insular so if you think about it in a sort of holistic way that um that and also we're exposed to other toxins in our food and maybe in the air or in the water depending on that, how much you want to believe or, or assess that um a state of toxicity like if you have been slowly poisoned or if you're slowly being fatigued by whatever means whether it's an illness or whether it's by an environmental toxin that's got to have an effect on how the function of your brain and the function of your awareness and i think that if we look at then go back to look at the drugs and the antidepressants or whatever you want to consider it, are we dulling our senses to what's going on that's my question uh-
1: Uh, uh, As somebody who was prescribed antidepressants in 2006, and I've been taking them ever since, Uh, back then, you know, there were plenty of reasons why I was put on these drugs, and they might have been good reasons, but what they didn't tell me is how uh, addictive they were, uh, how dependency forming they are, and um, um, what I have noticed now, I've really got my dose right down, I'm almost off them is that coming off them is probably one of the hardest things i've ever done and that reality smacks you in the face like a sledgehammer because uh uh when i was on the maximum dose you know a a year or so ago um I was numb to everything. I just sat here, oh, look, all these people dying. Meh. Whereas now, I'm far more irate and angry about that. And I suspect of the 8 million people that were mentioned in the statistic I gave earlier, there's probably a lot more people. There's alcohol. There are street drugs. There are a whole range of substances that people can use and abuse that makes them, uh, at, at the very best, indifferent uh, to the stories and narratives that are being pushed upon us. And one of them is this massive amount of death. Could it be that they got, we're going to kill a whole load of people. This is the establishment. We're going to kill loads of people. Uh, we need to dumb down and numb down the population in order for us to be able to get away with that. Uh, do you think that that could be their purpose?
2: Well, I think that there's this Bill Hicks quote about where he says that they give you caffeine to keep you busy enough Monday to Friday to do the work for them. And then they give you alcohol at the weekends to make you dumb enough or, or, or stupefy you, basically, so that you're not in a yeah. position to think about what you're, what's going on in the world. And um, I think, I mean, I put out like a little a photograph of an, uh, of an advert poster that I'd seen for alcohol and it said something like, um, as the, the, in the in obviously in England it's winter, so we're we getting shorter days. It's something like as the days get shorter, you get uh, you get to the good part quicker. And it was suggesting that when you're drinking, that's the good part, and they basically the bad part of your life is when you're not drinking. So basically, when you're working, and it sort of tallied with uh, Bill Hicks's quote. And I think to some extent we are encouraged to have drugs and and um, habits that are not in our best interest. Like for example, sugar is one of them you've mentioned, and uh, right. alcohol, and and maybe um, the recreational drugs. And all of these things, so if you add those together, so the amount of people who may be dulling their senses in some ways. Now, there may not be such a bad thing like sugar, the occasional cake or the occasional drink of the wine or whatever it is, but I think the way in which we're encouraged to use them or it's become socially acceptable to use them maybe does have this, addi- this additional sort of soma effect that we're discussing now. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and alcohol again. Uh, I'm a friend of alcohol. I was a friend of alcohol. It is the kryptonite that I have to stay. It's the one thing I must stay away from. Is alcohol. And you mentioned how it dumbs down people. That. Absolutely, a hundred percent is what happens when people drink. Uh, it dumbs them down. It stops them to being able to think critically. Uh, their their impulse, their, their, their decision making, and their impulsiveness changes dramatically under alcohol. Uh, and it's responsible for so much harm to society. And yet, it's pushed as a socially acceptable drug. Um, so, uh, uh, final comments on anything that we've talked about now Francis we've come to the end of the show uh and uh, as always uh, I'll ask you to say something positive if you can find something if you can find something but well, just, just to finish off what
2: we're saying there that it's interesting that during lockdowns that the one of the things the shops that was stayed open were the um liquor stores or the off licenses yeah. so yeah, yeah. because they, they they are aware of that and it, I think that is encouraged on people and that's a way that people self-medicate because because otherwise they might might do something about it you know like if we were all self-medicating in various ways we might actually Um, if we had to actually live with that, really absorb and assess our problems, we might have to force some action out of it. But I think generally speaking though, it feels like a lot more people are awake. I go out on the street sometimes with with the yellow boards and um, on a positive note, I think a lot more people are questioning, a lot more people are willing to receive information from us and uh, that can only be a positive thing for change in the future. yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think a lot more people are almost certainly uh, waking up Francis. Francis, as always, uh, you're an excellent guest. Uh, and I was sure to, to, to see you and speak to you again in the new year. And if I don't, have a good Christmas, etc. And to everybody else, we've got Ivor Cummings coming up here on TNT Radio.